Welcome to the George Report, TGR. I am your host, Georgios Caritas, also known as George or Geo. You can call me George if you want. You can even call me George because this is the George Report. So what I'm going to do for you in this podcast is basically connect the dots starting from the beginning. And by the beginning, I mean 1949, the start of Operation Mocking bird, you know how it goes. So, I'm gonna tie uh, names associated with it together. Uh, I'm gonna tie uh, corporations, companies, um, the CIA, everything together. It's a lot to cover. It might not make sense at the beginning, but it all comes together in the end. So, 1949, the CIA director was Frank Wisner. So, basically, what I'm doing right now is I'm giving you a little bit of an overview. You're going to want to know a little bit of the facts regarding OP Mockingbird, Mockingbird Jaybird. All right, um, so Operation Mockingbird was essentially just looking for and hiring paid journalists. And basically, um, the CIA hired these paid journalists as well as funded Hollywood films. Uh, In a lot of Hollywood films, you can see a lot of symbolism uh, coming from the CIA. Uh, Some of it is regarding World War II uh, with one Hollywood film. um, Honestly, it might have been a Disney film, but it was basically saying higher taxes to win the war. You know, uh, higher taxes for the Axis, for the Axis powers. And that was a way to incorporate higher taxes uh, within the government. So there's a lot of uh, symbolism in these Hollywood films. Um, Some of the, uh, let's see, news journals, uh, news correspondents, where they came from, the companies they worked for. Some of them are CBS, The Washington Post, New York Times, and Times Magazine. There was a total of 25 uh, different journals, media production, whatever. you You know what I mean. So moving on. Um, in 1964, uh, Mr. David Wise and Thomas Ross, uh, they exposed all this corruption going on, uh, in a book they wrote called The Invisible Government. And like I said, what they basically exposed was that the CIA hired journalists from huge media outlets to portray a narrative to the public. Always think back to the Hollywood funded film by the CIA Higher taxes for the axis. I'm serious. You look that up. You will find it. Guaranteed. Um, so they, they wrote this book. It exposed a lot of what the CIA was doing um, with these media outlets. And the public was actually outraged when, when this book was written. Um, and then that was in 1964. In 1975, Frank Church, uh, who was part of the House, um, provided – documents and reports exposing a sector or a section of Operation Mockingbird called Family Jewels. And that's when the CIA wiretapped, I think it was 10 or 11 individuals um, in Hollywood. 
and in D.C. Um, trying to expose any communists. Like, all right, trying to expose communists and communism and, you know, foreign entities that are trying to, uh, how do I want to say, trying to instill a communist narrative in this country. That makes sense. All right. It's like, that's a foreign dispute. That's something that it's, what is it? It's not inevitable. It's, it's reasonable. You know, that's foreseeable. It's reasonable. Um, so he exposed this. And at that time, uh, 1975, the House Intelligence Committee, because of all this outrage from the public, because of all this um, exposed, all these exposed documents that really put the blame on the CIA, um, not specifically with the family jewels, but with the funded Hollywood films, with the paid journalists to uh, include a narrative. They um, had an, a House Intelligence Committee hearing, 1975. Uh, on director of the CIA at the time, William Colby. And one of the questions they asked, this is on YouTube, you can find this. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation of an American journal? His answer was, we do have people who submit pieces to American journals. So that is, <laughs> that's honestly, that's confirmation right there. There's really, there's no need to go any further but uh, we will go further because this runs deep. It runs deep and it actually gets into present day, modern day society, which is scary. We hear fake news all the time. We hear pushing a narrative all the time, but no one knows the roots of this. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm going to connect the dots. So William Colby, director of the CIA, he admitted this. He said, we do have people who submit pieces to American journals. And in 1976, the year after, uh, George H.W. Bush was the new director of the CIA. Honestly, I, that was not like backhand knowledge. That was not knowledge that I had just in the back of my head. You look this up. He was the director of the CIA during 1976. He released a statement. And I'll, I'll, uh, it's quoted right here. I'll state it straight from what he said. That said, the CIA, now listen carefully here. This is where it gets a little sketchy, a little sus, if you ask me. You know what I mean? The CIA will not enter into any paid or contractual relationship with any full-time or part-time news correspondent. Basically saying, hey, we're going to shut this down. CIA will not be working with media outlets. Okay, that's fair. Hey, bud, you know what? As a citizen of the United States at that time, I'm going to say that's a fair statement. But the committee uh, following this, this uh, address by George H.W. Bush, he, he runs pretty deep as well. The whole Bush family does, if you're asking me. But we're going to save that for another day. The committee said the ban was limited to correspondence formally authorized by contract, but non-contract workers who did not receive authorization were not included. What does that mean? Well, like George Bush said, the CIA will not enter into any paid or contractual relationships with these correspondents. Now, 
if we were to ask a question, because you got to question everything, all right? If there's words on a paper, question it. Anything, just question it, all right? So what if it was voluntary? What if news correspondents, part of major media outlets, were able to work with the CIA if the CIA did not contract them or pay them? It was just the person was voluntarily trying to assist them. For example, uh, people can still voluntarily help. Um, you know, this this essentially means that <laughs> this continues today, and you don't people don't want to really believe that um, just because you know throughout you know the the 1900s. I'll say 19. 19- 50s, well, where did we start? 1949, we started here today. So throughout the 1950s up until today, we have been conditioned uh, to believe everything the media says, okay? Who really does research on the news? Who really reads the newspaper? The newspaper has turned into an online video on the newspaper's website. So people won't find this information out, you know, on their own. People aren't going to do the research because, like I said, we've been conditioned to believe the news, the narrative, the push of information uh, through our uh, TV sets, through our, our television sets. You know, um, basically the CIA is trying to um, tell us something. How do you think the television is called? Tell a vision. Gosh. Plain sight, dude. This, this is literally in plain sight. Um, so how does this relate to what's going on today? Well, uh, I'm going to get into that in one moment. But before that, I want to uh, give a quick uh, shout out to uh, the guy known as uh, AJ, AJ Nowak. Uh, he had a birthday yesterday, so uh, quick shout out. Uh, happy birthday to you, AJ. Uh, happy belated birthday. Uh, But on that note, yeah, we're about to get into how Operation Mockingbird has um, evolved with the continuation of time into modern day society today. Hey, how you doing? We're back here. And uh, like I said previously, we're going to relate how Operation Mockingbird continues today in modern day society. Um, First off, what I first said was that the CIA used uh, journalists from different media outlets such as ABC. There was a total of 25 different media outlets um, and they also pushed it through uh, Hollywood film and one of those Hollywood films included um, a quote from a movie um, honestly, I believe directed by Disney, whether it was a Hollywood film or Disney. Um, I'll get into that in a second. But just remember, uh, raise the taxes for the axis. So that was obviously a narrative that was pushed for the CIA to use in cahoots with the government to raise taxes for World War II. All right. If you look into Disney... Let's talk about this name, William Donovan. Well, 
How is he related to Disney? To Disney? In 1929, William Donovan formed a law firm uh, called Donovan, Leisure, Newton, and Irvine. Remember that law firm. Remember William Donovan. Uh, Following this, William Donovan was named as the coordinator of info for the Office of Coordinator of Information. Uh, This was in 1941. Um, At this time, there was no Central Intelligence Agency. But um, what essentially happened here was William Donovan started as the head, I think appointed by Truman, uh, of the Coordinator of Information in 1941. William Donovan was known as the founding father of the CIA, and that is because later uh, it was called the Office of Strategic Services after it's formally known as pseudonym coordinator of information. And after the Office of Strategic Services, uh, it was eventually known as the Central Intelligence Agency. So these two, this transition of names, this was basically uh, the predecessor of the CIA. So William Donovan worked uh, for the start, technically, of the CIA uh, under a different name, the Coordinator of Information. And he organized the COI, remember, because that's what it was first called, uh, in room 3603 of the, wait for it, Rockefeller Center in New York. <laughs> Rockefeller center. Don't worry, I'm not going to get into that. So following his tenure uh, at the Coordinator of Information, etc., that was just a little background information. Walt Disney worked with attorneys from Donovan, Leisure, Newton, and Irvine. Remember, William Donovan created this law firm um, to what is it, to purchase plots of land in Orlando, Florida, uh, in order to create what is now known as Disney World. One of the attorneys that worked for uh, Donovan, Leisure, Newton, and Irvine was William Casey. Do you know who William Casey was? William Casey was the future, um, I think, director of the CIA later on. So it's kind of odd how Walt Disney worked with the founding father of the CIA, William Donovan's law firm, okay, to purchase these plots of land. And at that same time that he was working with this firm, William Casey was an attorney there and later worked for the CIA. So do you see these these uh, CIA and Disney ties? Um I don't want to say they're obvious, but they're in plain sight. And when things are in plain sight like that, it's kind of easy just to pass them over and not regard them as anything important, which honestly is, it's kind of odd. It's a, it's a little, it's hurtful to the public, no doubt. And I'll tell you why. So he worked with this law firm to purchased plots of land in Orlando, and these plots of land, they were secretly purchased. Essentially, 
there was uh, corporations created uh, under the guidance of Donovan, Leisure, Newton, and Irvine um, to buy these. And this, this land was purchased with, with straight up cash. Now, why would the CIA, because let's, let's tie everything together. Why would the CIA assist Walt, big Walt of, of, of Disney to, to purchase this land? Well, if you look at Disney and what they own, they own ABC, the television group, ABC Family, ABC Studio, and ABC News. They also own Marvel, Lucas Films, ESPN. Are you kidding me? Makes sense. So Operation Mockingbird occurred at that time. And at the same time, while the CIA was pushing a narrative, they were assisting in the purchasing of land in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Now what year did they purchase this land? 1965 was the first piece of property recorded in Orlando, Florida, 1965, May 3rd. And this was for 8,380 acres. 1965, what happened in 1964? Well, at the beginning I said 1964, David Wise and Thomas Ross exposed in the book, The Invisible Government, the corruption of the CIA. So while that was going on, a year later, the CIA secretly helps with the purchasing of land. And who did they <laughs> – come on. This, this is going to get weird now. The first piece of land that was purchased was recorded in 1965 for 8,000-plus acres, and it was bought from Florida State Senator Erlo Bronson, who was a Democrat. Did you hear me? Democrat. All right. If that's not weird enough, as I stated, Disney owns ABC. <laughs> All right. Well, are there any ties with ABC and possible relationships with ABC or, or media outlets and, and politics? Well, I'll tell you right now. This is all factual, by the way. What's a, what I'm about to tell you? This matters because a Disney owns ABC. B ABC News executive producer Ian Cameron is married to Obama NSA National Security Advisor Susan Rice. ABC correspondent Claire Shipman is married to White House Press Secretary Jay Carney. Obama. White House press secretary. No, I'm not done. ABC president Ben Sherwood. <laughs> His sibling Elizabeth Sherwood is Obama was not is, was Obama's special advisor. Wait, 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 no, no, no. I'm still not done. Oh, wait a minute. ABC News and Univision reporter Matthew. I don't know how to say his last name. J-A-F-F-E. Jaff. Jaffe. Jaffe. Jafar. Is married to Katie Hogan, Obama Deputy Press Secretary. Who owns CNN? 
CNN is owned by Time Warner. Like Warner Brothers, like Hollywood Productions, like movie productions, right? Oh, that's that's weird because, I mean, it's got to be just a coincidence that the CNN president, Virginia Mosley, is married to Tom Nides, the Hillary Clinton depart, uh, deputy secretary. Oh, guys, come on. If you follow the string here, you've got all these connections. Wait, wait, wait. The CBS president, David Rhodes, his brother, Ben Rhodes, is the NSA for strategic communications under the Obama administration. Wow. This, this all relates because, as you can see, the CIA, in addition to Washington, D.C. and politics, in addition to Hollywood and the media, are all intertwined. It's, it's absolutely, it's, it's kind of horrendous, if you ask me. All right, well, where do we, where do we go from here? Okay, so it started in 1949, and... ABC president, all these ABC executives and presidents and affiliation with ABC, they're all related to the Obama administration. We saw one with the Hillary Clinton administration. President Obama endorsed Hillary Clinton. Okay, so the Democratic Party and the plot of land in Disney, the first one recorded, was bought from a Florida state senator who was also a Democrat. Ah, There you go again, the Democratic Party. Um, this is unbelievable. This is, this is revelation, honestly. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Okay. So is it weird that Prince Al-Walid bin Talal, the Saudi Arabian prince, now this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think this is important and I kind of just want to include this. Um, this prince of Saudi Arabia, he owns shares in U.S. companies. Now, the biggest companies he owns shares in are, okay, News Corp. He owns 5.5% of of News Corp. And like we said, News Corp owns, actually, I didn't say this, but I will now. News Corp owns all of Fox, so Fox News, Fox Business, FX, um, News Corp owns Yes TV, News Corp owns National Geographic Channel, News Corp owns The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Post. Those last two, plus the first one, Fox, Wall Street, and New York Post media, and Prince of Saudi Arabia owns shares in it. All right, that's got to be just a coincidence. Oh, his next biggest asset is Time Warner. He owns 5% of the shares in that. All right, Time Warner owns. Oh, Time Warner owns all of CNN, the CNN branches, you know, um, the, the news, everything. Oh, Time Warner also owns the Warner Brothers Animation Studios, Hulu, HBO, and Time Magazine. Oh, and Time Magazine was used in Operation Mockingbird in 1949. Okay, coincidence again, right? It's got to be. 
Okay, well, the prince, of Sa- the Saudi Arabian prince, uh, Prince Al-Walid bin Talal, also owns 34.9 million shares in Twitter, 5.2% of the stake in the company. All right. And what's going on with Twitter today? I feel like that one is self-explanatory. Oh, he also founded the $33 billion conglomerate of Kingdom Holdings. So after I learned this information that he founded Kingdom Holdings, I did some research and I attempted to figure out what investments Kingdom Holdings have. Well, they that includes American companies. The investments Kingdom Holding does have and has had includes 21st Century Fox, Amazon, Apple, Time Warner, Citigroup, News Corp. Wait, Kingdom Holdings invests in News Corp. And the founder of Kingdom Holdings, Prince Al-Walid bin Talal, also uh, owns share in News Corp. Okay, Kingdom Holdings also has investments in Twitter, Walt Disney Company, and Marvel Comics. Are you kidding me? Wow. Well, in conclusion, Operation Mockingbird was admitted to by William Colby. Operation Mockingbird was recognized by George H.W. Bush, although the name was not stated. They said they will not work with any more uh, news correspondence. Additionally, journalists were used to push propaganda. Hollywood was used to push propaganda, raise taxes for the axes. Remember that. Disney purchased land in Orlando, and the CIA helped them. William Donovan helped them, the founding father of the CIA. That's what he's known as. Literally look it up. And Disney owns ABC, and ABC, all these ABC execs and presidents are married to or have siblings in the Obama or Hillary Clinton administration. Yep. That's all I got to say. This was a great first episode. Uh, Those that stuck with me the whole time, I know this was a long first episode. I think we're about 25 to 30 minutes right now, but... In conclusion, ask questions. Uh, I'll be putting up another podcast soon. Um, And thank you for listening to The George Report. Operation Mockingbird. I'm out.